0: In the 19th century, people who studied the Bible started to rethink how it could be looked at and started to read the texts as they were reading other ancient texts. Started to look at it a little bit differently and that began the whole uh, a whole work of biblical, what we now call biblical criticism. Trying to understand... Uh, what the text was saying, what was behind the text, what else was happening in the text. And one of the things they decided was that the Gospel of Mark, which is the one we've been using recently and the passage we heard today that Frank read to us, that the Gospel of Mark was kind of like the working class gospel. It was written in a form of Greek that ordinary people spoke, not the highfalutin Greek that you were supposed to speak if you were going to do a serious work, Um, Some people have described it as the difference between rap music and opera music. They're just two different worlds. Between sending out a tweet and reading a sonnet from Shakespeare. It was written very quickly. Uh, It's quite short. Uh, It has an abrupt ending. If you haven't read the ending, it it was so abrupt that in fact um, about five centuries later somebody added an ending. Because they didn't like the fact that it stopped with the words, they were afraid. And if you haven't read it, have a look at the ending of it. Um, so it ended abruptly. It's quite short. And it seems to be written quickly without any pattern to it. But all of that turned out to be wrong because later thinking and later work and of paying real close attention, it seems that the work is actually very intricately woven. And it, it's, it has a number of... Uh, of structures to it that I won't bore you with the names of but one of them is that it, it kind of focuses in on the center and the center is that statement that Jesus asks when he's talking about he's asking who do people think that I am who, what are they saying about me kind of like a very early opinion poll and Peter says uh, 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 the disciples say oh they're saying all these sorts of things about you and then he says who do you say that I am Narrows it right down to the people who were following him, and particularly the twelve. And Peter says, You're the Messiah. And scholars figured out that that's actually the whole centre of the gospel, that it kind of all points like a spotlight to that and then radiates out from it. And once they started to look at that, they started to look at all kinds of things. And it's like a big piece of music. If you listen to a piece of orchestral music, if you pay attention, the theme of and the counter theme and some of the sub-themes come back over and over again. And you might not hear it in the first listening. But if you have the chance to listen to it again, you'll hear these pieces come back in and weave themselves in. So when in our little text, <coughs> the blind man yells out at Jesus and, and many said to him, they sternly ordered him to be quiet If we're looking for the threads, this immediately goes back to what we were doing a couple of weeks ago when the disciples stopped the little children from coming to see Jesus. And Jesus said said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. So any... Anyone paying attention as they're reading this or listening to it being read to them will go, wait a minute, weren't we just talking about people being pushed away from Jesus? If you stop children from coming to me, if you stop children from being involved, you're blocking the coming of the kingdom, the coming of the world of God. So attentive readers know exactly what's going to happen once these people try and Shield Jesus from this blind man is yelling out. They know what's going to happen. Jesus is going to reverse it and he's going to welcome him. And of course that's what he does. It's obvious. You know that's going to happen. It's been foreshadowed because we've already had this story about people knowing better and knowing who's in and who's out and who should be kept away and how things should be organised. Jesus has other ideas. So it's already there. Jesus, it says, stood still, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. And Jesus then says, What do you want me to do for you? And again, those people who are paying attention to the threads of this as they're hearing it or reading it will go, Wait a minute, didn't we have that last week? James and John, two of Jesus' key disciples, we're walking along the road, talking together. Jesus says to them, what are you talking about? And they say to him, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. It's a direct link. This isn't a gospel put together just one story after another. Oh, I remember that story. Somebody told me that one. I'll write that down there. It's all beautifully woven together teacher they said we want you to do whatever we ask and he said well what do you want and they said well we want to be significant essentially is what they said we talked about this last week we want to be significant we want to be important but of course in Jesus way of seeing the world everyone is already significant and important everyone is worthy of honor and welcome and acceptance even children they already were Cardinal Basil Hume the late leader of the Catholic Church in Britain had this little little creed that he wrote and we're going to use it in our prayer later we believe that every human being is made in the image of li- and likeness of God and possesses a dignity and value which can never be taken away. We believe that as children of the one God we are one family with mutual responsibility for each other. Everyone already is in everyone already is welcome. There is no barrier when Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you to this guy, to the blind man? That's what Bartimaeus wants. He wants to be in. He wants to be in on the inside of community again. He wants to be restored. Don't blow out my candle. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be sitting on the edge of town, begging. He wants not only his sight restored, of course he wants that, but he wants to be acknowledged for who Jesus says he and everybody else in the community is, a valued, worthwhile, real, live, important human being. Every human being is made in the image and likeness of God and possesses a dignity and value which can never be taken away. He doesn't want to be sitting outside of Jericho. That's what he wants. Quite a contrast to what James and John want. And so the healing of Bartimaeus is a restoration of what community should be. It's taking things to the way they ought to be. It's getting things back to the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a garden where we all get to wander around in the shade eating the the fruit of the trees. That's what it's supposed to be. That's the glorious picture that the Jews had of the way the world is supposed to be. That's what Jesus is on about. That's what Bartimaeus desperately wants. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Now this doesn't link back to a previous story. This actually now links to the story in the next chapter which we deal with every year on Palm Sunday Because on Palm Sunday, there's this story of Jesus getting onto a donkey and riding into Jerusalem on the back of the donkey and people throw down their cloaks onto the floor, uh, onto the surface of the road, and the donkey and Jesus ride over them and they wave palm branches. The most extraordinary political act that anyone could undertake in Jerusalem at that time. Because it was in direct contravention You'll remember if you were here on Palm Sunday, on the other side of town, Pilate, the Roman governor, is riding in on a horse, also being waved and welcomed as a hero, although it's quite likely that he had to employ people to be in his crowd, um, as Duterte is doing in the Philippines at the moment, apparently employing people to be in his crowds when he tells everyone how wonderful he is for um, inviting police to kill whoever they think they need to. Many people spread their cloaks on the road and spread leafy and and others took up leafy branches that they had cut from the fields and they shouted out, "Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in in the highest heaven." That's what they yell. So when Bartimaeus throws off his cloak, we start to think about the next chapter. No wonder everyone wanted him to shut up because they said to him Jesus of Nazareth is here. Well that's lovely Jesus, a bloke from out the bush somewhere you know, it's like Susan who comes from Bullaroo Centre yeah, I think I've been through there. Can't remember much about it. it has got a pub probably you know a, that's Nazareth, it's just it's no big deal. So a guy from Nazareth is coming through town and yeah, he's got a bit of a reputation as a talker and a, and a healer. They knew what the story was. They could all see what was going on. Here's Jesus of Nazareth. But then we've got this blind guy who can't see, who calls out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And no one called out Son of David in first century Judaism unless they were meaning Messiah. And if they were meaning Messiah, they were meaning someone who would restore the kingdom of Israel and throw out the Romans. It was an extraordinary thing to say. And you don't shout that out aloud when there were Roman soldiers all over the place. And yet, here he is. He's yelling at the top of his voice, Son of David, have mercy on me. They saw everything the way it should be. And they told him to shut up. So not only is he blind, they want him to be dumb as well. But he sees something else. He sees, even though he can't see at this point, he has an insight into a world that is totally different to the world that everyone else sees around them. They see a bunch of beggars who line the street on the way out of town hoping that those who had sold well in town and made a bit of cash would offload some of it onto the very poorest of the poor. They saw that world. But this guy seems much more in tune with the world that Jesus saw. The one that welcomes everyone. The one that demands that everyone be seen as significant. Not James and John or anyone who sits on his left or his right or any of that. But everyone and anyone. He saw a whole other way of being. Now I don't know whether he really understood what he was calling out to be was a literal restoration of the kingdom of David which was that golden moment in in Israel's history when they were able to govern themselves for a small amount of time. Basically the second half of the life of David and the life of Solomon, not very long really, for it all started to fall apart again. And they were taken over by the, the next superpower in, uh, to come along. Whether he was calling out for that, or whether he was understanding the word Messiah to represent the sort of thing Jesus understood it to represent. The great glorious world that we often translate as the kingdom of God, the world of God as it ought to be, as it should be as Jesus says, it is becoming in us right now in this moment. And it's becoming this right now in the moment in the life of Bartimaeus. So not only does he get to see in this great story but Jesus says to him, go your way. Which is pretty significant in when you're blind, particularly I guess in the ancient world, you went wherever anybody led you or wherever it was safe to go or wherever you were familiar with but now he says go your way in other words go wherever you want as you can see this world is all yours you're significant you're alive in it you can go wherever you want and then it says he follows Jesus on the way and now on the way In the Gospel of Mark, as another link stitched all the way through. On the way means not literally following Jesus as you might follow, as a dog might follow you home. Not that literal, although that was true in the stories for some of the disciples, but it meant being involved in the way of seeing the world that Jesus saw it. Living the world as if that were true. Living if if it was true that everyone is, as Hume says. Made in the image and likeness of God and possessing a dignity and value which can never be taken away. Living as if that were true in every moment for themselves, for Bartimaeus, and for everyone from then on whom he meets. That's the way. That's what he's called into. Amen. Amen.